0: You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. This program is brought to you by the Islamic Studies Trust. Bismillah <laughs> ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil wassalamu ala seyyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka ental alimul hakim. Falllahumma allimna ma infa'una wa infa'na bima allamtana wa wafiqna lil'amali fima yurdi <clears throat> we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lord of the heavens and the earth and we ask him to send his peace and blessings upon our master sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, upon his blessed household his noble wives his blessed daughters and his children his noble companions and all of those who followed after with excellence up until the day of standing amina amina amin thereafter alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gathered us um, for a very important topic today and that is to speak about um, a very important member of the blessed household of the Prophet sallallahu and that is Sayyidah Fatima Zahra radhiyallahu anha. And these people that Allah subhanahu wa taala wants us to connect onto, uh, there's there's a purpose that Allah wants us to connect onto them, and um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala wants us to connect onto these people for us to make them role models in our lives to to use them as uh, examples of how to develop our lives and our understandings of the world that's around us and <clears throat> uh, to use them as a means of development of closeness unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For indeed, these people were uh, were, were worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, were people who, who befriended Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something very, very important. And uh, the closeness of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the proximity that they had onto him um, is, is something really phenomenal and it's something that uh, takes the mind to see how a people loved the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Those who are uh, close to him in his noble house and those who interacted with him from amongst his companions um, like sayyidina ali radiyallahu anhi said man ra'ahu badihatan habahu wa man uh, wa man ma'rifatan those who would see the prophet sallallahu from a distance they would be thrown back they would be struck and whereas those who had uh, interact with him, those who intermingle with him, those who would have his companionship. The closer that they got to to him, وسلم, the, the more uh, love that they increased um, in him. And that's somewhat different to um, the situations of normal people. Um, the closer you get to a person, your love will be there for that person, but you start to normalize stuff. Uh, things become very normal. Uh, it's like, for example, people in marriage... Um, when they initially marry, uh, there's, the, the relationship kind of starts off a bit formal and then as they get to know each other more intimately and closely, uh, those formal barriers of uh, relationship start to break and everything kind of becomes informal. Whereas uh, the people who are with and around the Prophet wasallam, and even his uh, intimate closest people within his household they uh, they always looked up to him as a formal figure. Sallallahu They had their moments of uh, uh, of uh, informality with him in that he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very easygoing with them. He was very gentle with them. He he kept an atmosphere of um, of ease with them. But uh, their hearts always stayed formal with him. So Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu Anha, as we'll see later on, even though this was. Uh, her noble father وسلم, but she she did not miss out on the fact that he was the messenger of Allah she did not miss out on the fact that he was the prophet of Allah and when she looked towards him that was perhaps something that she would see in him greater than anything else that he was the prophet of Allah so inshallah we'll speak about um, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha uh, and in the first session, we'll speak about her parents and her lineage, <coughs> which is something very, very important. <coughs> the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wasallam spoke about his own uh, noble lineage and he said, Anam in nikah wa min sifah. He said, I am from nikah. Uh, From my immediate parents right the way back to to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam All of my forefathers, uh, the relationships that they had with their spouses Were all uh, of nikah They were all relationships uh, that were lawful in accordance to their cultures And uh, uh, um, uh, their customs uh, that people lived by And none of them were of sifah None of them were of indecency and of of fornication and of haram and uh, the Prophet Sallallahu speaking about his noble lineage in this way is an indication that he is highlighting to us the importance of having a pure and a chaste and a good lineage and hailing from, from parents who, who are of, of nobility. So Sayyidah Fatima anha. Her father was the best of fathers and her mother was the best of mothers. Her mother was Sayyidah Khadija bin Khuwaylid concerning whom the Prophet he said or he drew out four lines on the ground for his companions and he said to them, do you know what these four lines are? And they said, no messenger of Allah. And the Prophet pointed to uh, each of those lines and he named people and he said, This is Asiya bint Muzahim, this is Maryam bint Imran, this is Khadija bint khuwaylid and this is Fatima bint Muhammad sallallahu so he mentioned uh, the names of these four great women and he said that these are the best of women ever created sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that and he said that from amongst men there were many who reached perfection i.e. from amongst the prophets and messengers, uh, there were those who reached absolute perfection within mankind. And he said, but there were not many from amongst women. And those who reach perfection from amongst women, the Prophet ﷺ said, amongst them was Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha. So Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, she, she she was an extremely significant and an important figure in Makkah al-Mukarrama. Um, she was married before the Prophet ﷺ not once but twice, and she had children from previous marriages, uh, which shows that she was a very very mature. Woman um, and uh, she, she she had dealt with uh, w- with family life with with married life with children even before she married the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam and um, that's from 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 her family perspective and in her community she was known to be um, she was known to be one of W- w- one of the very affluent uh, business people of Makkah al and likewise, she, she she was like a queen in Makkah. After she lost her previous husbands, everybody wanted to marry Khadija radhiyallahu anha. Um, perhaps for her wealth, perhaps for her maturity, perhaps for for for, um, for 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 her affluence in wealth, for whatever reason. But there were so many people who proposed and wanted to marry Sayyida Khadija anha. But Um, If we look into the mindset of this great woman, uh, she refused all of those marriages that were based upon uh, beauty, that were based upon uh, her affluence, her lineage, uh, her her role in, in the community and so on. She was looking for something very different to what... Uh, those particular individuals had to offer Sayyida Khadija anha, which indicates uh, the, the the maturity and the greatness and, and the nobility of the mind of Sayyida Khadija radiyallahu anha. And we all know the story of how she ended up marrying the Prophet sallallahu alaihi But the fact that she married the Prophet sallallahu whilst he sallallahu wa wasallam grew up in Makkah al-Mukarrama as an orphan. Uh, his his parents passed away at a, at a very young age. His father before his birth, and his mother at a very young age. And likewise, his grandfather. And he was taken into the custody of his uncle. And <coughs> the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, losing his parents. Uh, in 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 he didn't have much of the material of the world in his hands. So um, marriage for him would have possibly, uh, in 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 the norms of society, would have been somewhat difficult for him. But he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, didn't have to go out to search for uh, for marriage. But rather, marriage came to him because of his nobility and because of his high, lofty character that he possessed sallallahu alaihi wasallam but for that high lofty character and for that nobility to be recognized and to be realized and to be identified and to be pinpointed even before he announced he was a prophet it was only the eye of sayyida khadijah that possibly did that right his nobility was there his honor was there his dignity was there but which eye was it that recognized, realized, pinpointed, uh, all of that in the Prophet that was Sayyidah Khadija radhiyallahu Anha which indicates uh, the, 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 the great intelligence that this great woman uh, Sayyidah Khadija radhiyallahu Anha uh, possessed. So uh, so sh- she marries the Prophet and even within their marriage uh, her relationship onto the Prophet ﷺ, as we mentioned earlier was a very, um, a, a, a very formal relationship, right? Uh, she, she took the Prophet ﷺ into a, an extremely high regard uh, and, 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 uh, and esteem. So much so that one day the Prophet ﷺ said to her, uh, Khadija, why is it that you treat me so well? <laughs> Khadija, why is it that you treat me so well? Right and Sayyidah Khadija radiAllahu anha. Listen to her reply. She said, um, "I've had that the last and final prophet. Uh, his time is close, and uh, it's it's very soon that he will arrive. And what I've seen in you of nobility and greatness, I can only see that you will be that final and last prophet. And the Prophet sallallahu was very humble. Right? He didn't go around um, announcing." that he's going to be the Prophet of Allah. But listen to what he said to Sayyidah Khadija. He said, Khadija, if if I'm who you think I am, i.e. the Prophet of Allah, then, then you've hit the jackpot. And if I'm not, then Allah will reward you. <laughs> then you'll have reward in what you're doing and, and in the way that you treat me. So Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha uh, could really uh, see in the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam something much beyond what the Meccans could see in him, right? Something much beyond what the Meccans could see in him, right? And this greatness in the eye of Sayyidina Khadija Anha is very, very important. So for us to understand uh, the maturity, the intelligence, the nobility, the greatness of Sayyida Khadija Anha will, will make us understand uh, the, the children that she nurtured, uh, the daughters that she brought up and how she brought them up with greatness, with patience, with resilience, with defense of this religion. right? And that all comes from uh, the nurturing that Sayyida Khadija anha gave uh, her bel- uh, blessed daughters. So uh, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha couldn't have asked for a better father and she couldn't have dreamt of a better mother. Right, her father was 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 the best of creation. He was the prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi wa wasallam. He he was a sadiq al, al- amin. Uh, he was the most trustworthy and truthful, as he was known in Makkah al mukarrama. And uh, his nobility and his greatness was so much that even his enemies would say, "We don't uh, we, we, we we don't accuse him of lying, just that we can't believe in him." <laughs> Right. We don't accuse him of lying, just that we can't believe in him for other reasons. Uh, and that is that if Banu Hashim say we have a prophet, what would we say? right? And even the Meccans knew that you know, if Banu Hashim uh, have prophecy amongst them, we can't make it up that we have a prophet amongst us. right? That's just like inconceivable, it's undoable. right? So um, the greatness of the Prophet uh, is that even his enemies would praise him, sallallahu alaihi And Allah subhanahu wa taala praising him uh, uh, is 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 something uh, very understandable because he's the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, took him to be extremely dear unto him. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would speak about his lineage. He would speak about his forefathers. And this is something very, very important uh, for, for all of us is that to, to have a pure relationship uh, is a means and a cause of having goodness in, in, in our children, right? is a means and a cause of having goodness in our children. And um, one of the reasons that we, many people miss out on that is due to uh, discrepancies and uh, wrongs that were perhaps committed uh, in, in, in relationships. So that's something that we really have to uh, uh, understand and we, we have to kind of tie ourselves to, to, the, uh, to, to the prophetic uh, teachings in that. Uh, in, in keeping our relationships pure, especially in a time when uh, the entire world has just been sexualized uh, and the minds of even the youngest of children have, have been captured in, in a way that uh, just merely uh, wants them to increase in their lowly desires and so on and so forth. We have to come back to the teachings of the Prophet And not only his teachings, but also his, his character and uh, his doings f- within his own household and how he Sallallahu spoke about his forefathers. So the Prophet Sallallahu would often speak about his noble forefathers and uh, speak about their purity and their goodness and how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala chose uh, the forefathers of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, chose from am- amongst his creation mankind and from amongst mankind he chose the children of uh, he uh, from amongst mankind he chose uh, the children of Ibrahim alayhi and from amongst the children of Ibrahim alayhi he chose the children of Ismail alayhi and from amongst the children of Ismail alayhi he chose uh, Quraysh and from amongst Quraysh he chose Banu Hashim and from amongst Banu Hashim he chose me so the prophet sallallahu He is from the chosen of the chosen of the chosen right the way back. And the Prophet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, speaks about the Prophet ﷺ and his noble lineage in the Quran and he says Wa and this is a very important verse and it's really a beautiful verse in which Allah addresses the Prophet ﷺ, and he says sajidin," and you're toppling and twisting and moving in the lower ends of the people of sajda the people of prostration i.e. All of the parents of the Prophet sallallahu from his immediate parents right the way back to Sayyidina Adam ﷺ, were people who believed in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who never worshipped idols, who didn't worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what's uh, seen in this verse when Allah says and you came from the low ends of those people who made sajda this is one of the interpretations of the verse and another is sajidin," and uh, you, you prostrate in the midst of the people of Sajda, i.e., around you are the companions who are making Sajda, uh, and you are also uh, uh, amongst them. So, uh, worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, purity of lineage, and worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala were two very important characteristics of the household of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And um, so. The Prophet Um he he had uh, his blessed life was um, was was of many different aspects, and a very important aspect of the Prophet uh blessed life was his parenting, right? His parenting was a very important part of his life, and I often say that. Um, it's from Allah's mercy that we have the blessed life of the prophet registered for us uh, which is a reflection of the most pure and sound uh, human disposition upon which Allah created us it's the most pure and the most sound reflection of uh, human disposition that we were created upon Because the world is now um, accelerating in a way where we're really being stripped of our human nature, of how to really be human beings, how to be human beings of different aspects within our lives. So how to be a human being who's a husband or who's a wife, who's a parent, who's a mother, who's a father, who's a daughter, who's a a son, uh, and so on and so forth. All of these meanings of... (coughs) Very uh, basic human life is being stripped away from us, right? And this is why we see, uh, uh, this is why we see within society uh, broken households and broken families, right? And this is not just amongst Muslims; it's across the board. And the reason behind that is we are being stripped of uh, our human, our natural human disposition. Right? And it's from Allah's mercy upon mankind in general and the, and, and the believing people and the Muslims in particular that we have the blessed life of the Prophet registered for us that we can go back to and refer to and that's very very important that we make the life of the Prophet a reference point. Right, So the aspect of the Prophet's life that he was a father figure is very important and oftentimes I hear um, uh, within our communities I hear a complaint from people which I find to be so um, um, so baseless and unjust and, and that is that I often hear that people say oh we don't have role models for for our women and for our daughters and I think The Prophet ﷺ, all of his male children died in infancy. He only had four girls playing around in his house, right? He had four girls playing around in his house who grew up In his blessed presence, in his noble house, right, and they they spent their entire childhood with him, their their teens with him, and up until they got married and moved on uh, to their own homes, right? They spent so much time in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. How can we turn around and say we don't have role models for our women folk and our daughters and our sisters don't have role models? That doesn't make sense. It, uh, the 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 question is more of that we haven't dwelled into the female uh, role models that we have within our religion. Uh, like one of the courses that I'm teaching currently is the women, uh, the, the great women that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran. And it's just phenomenal uh, the amount of information and knowledge that Allah bestows upon us concerning these people uh, and the greatness of these women that Allah mentions in the Quran. So, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu uh, wasallam, his his household uh, and his blessed wife and his daughters uh, reflect they reflect the parenting of the Prophet Sallallahu So whatever we'll see of the greatness of Sayyidina Fatima throughout the day, that's a reflection of how the Prophet ﷺ was parenting his his noble daughters and his children, right and <clears throat> Um, this is something very, very important for us uh, in the world that we live in, where parenting has really become um, burdensome, right? And um, people don't want to um, look after their children. They want their children to to they they want their children to give them and uh, make everything easy for them. Like I, I sometimes I hear from parents, they say, you know, my children, mashallah, they're the best of children. They don't disturb me at all. I right. say, wow, so what do they do? They're just on their gadgets all day long. From the time that they wake up till the time they go to sleep. Right? We don't have any disturbance in the house. That's the most disturbed house. Right? That's the most disturbed house. The Prophet ﷺ, he had his children climbing all over him. Right? And not only in a normal situation, he had his children climbing all over him whilst he was in prayer, whilst he was delivering khutbahs. Right? He would have his children climbing all over him to create this very intimate and very close relationship and bond with his noble children. Right, So the Prophet ﷺ, he gave a lot of time and a lot of quality time to his children where they built up this relationship with their father. They built up this relationship with their blessed mother, Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha. Um, the Prophet's initial life in Makkah, or his entire life, but in particular in Makkah al his blessed life was extremely busy, right? Uh, and it was busy, and it was quite tough. In, in in Makkah, especially after he announced that he was the Prophet of Allah sallallahu life became extremely tough in Makkah al-mukarrama. But the Prophet وسلم, was bearing with it with patience and and so on. Uh, what was happening at that particular time in his blessed house um, with his daughters, right? It was Sayyida Khadija anha who was looking after his daughters, who was taking care. Of the Prophet Wasallam's home, right? Because she knew that this husband of mine, he has, Allah subhanahu wa taala has planned a greatness for him. So she looked after the house and she looked after the uh, his blessed daughters, and she she gave comfort to the Prophet Wasallam when he would return back home. So, uh, in one narration, we have it that. Uh, when the Prophet وسلم, would return back home after a difficult day uh, in Makkah al-Mukarramah and uh, how the people of Makkah would interact with him and so on, Sayyida Khadija anha would place her blessed hand on the chest of the Prophet وسلم, to give him comfort that you've come back to calmness, you've come back to collectiveness, you come back to, to comfort uh, within your own home. Right Now this relationship uh, between Sayyidina Khadija and uh, the Prophet wasallam is very important even though we're speaking about Sayyida Fatima. Why? Because it's this relationship of a husband and a wife that the children see. And when they see that relationship right, of their mother and father but at the same time of a husband and a wife then they get to recognize what it means to be a spouse what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife. I once... Um, went to a, a, a nikah Bismillah. and um i was asked to speak and um the guy who's getting married his father said to me he said uh, can you can you please emphasize on on the rights of of um, the spouses and how they should uh, live together in harmony and and so on and subhanallah it was that particular time when it really struck me when that father said that to me I thought to myself well they shouldn't need me to speak about it because they should have seen a perfect example in you right they should have seen an example in you and your wife as to how to be spouses I can speak to them for about 20 minutes right and hopefully inshallah I'll benefit them and so on but they should really have an example already with them in the past 20, 25 years that they've been living with you, right? And uh, this is one of the dilemmas that we're having in society that Sheikh Rizwan mentioned to me once uh, when we were speaking about um, uh, domestic violence in, in, in homes and stuff. Uh, he said that the danger of all of this domestic violence that's going on uh, in, in homes between uh, spouses is that the next generation of, uh, of young people won't want to get married they'll say we're uh, we're better off not getting married because we didn't see the marriage of our parents succeed right our parents lived through misery so we shouldn't go down that route right and that's something extremely dangerous that's uh, kind of forcing a a generation to to go into the uh, go into the opposite direction of what the religion has taught right and uh, what parents don't realize oftentimes is even though you're in the intimacy of your home uh, there has to be formalities in your relationship that uh, your children can 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 learn from that your children can um, uh, take 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 an example from and there has to be a conduct whereby um there has to be mutual respect between you that your children are, are nurtured through. So then you don't have to te- teach people how a husband and wife should live, right? Parents don't have to come and tell their children, right? Uh, why? Because they already have an example. And this is what we see in the house of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. Is that the relationship that the Prophet wasallam had with Sayyidina Khadija anha? was what his daughters were seeing, right? And that's very, very important, right? Uh, you, you know, the, the strength of, of, of parenting and uh, the, the authority of parents is just phenomenal. I once sent to, said to a nephew of mine, um, I, I said something to him and um, he immediately said to me, but daddy didn't say that. And he was only five years old and i thought wow i seriously thought wow you know how spontaneously this child just responded to me and said but daddy didn't say that right so and that was the day when it really struck me the amount of authority that parents have in molding uh the the mind of their children and developing the mind of their children right so when we see uh, the parenting of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his marriage, and his relationship with Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, right? Uh, we we see the, the impact of that in their children, right? Uh, I had one case uh, of uh, domestic violence in a house where um, one of the children uh, no longer wanted to stay uh, with the parents. And um, when I asked the child why, uh, the child said, because I've seen so much of of my parents' relationship being so broken and, uh, you know, so violent and uh, so difficult. I don't really want to stay in that situation. I don't want to live around uh, in that situation. I I want to live my life in calmness, right? And I don't want that. And uh, so... What, what I understood from, from that young person was that it's going to be very difficult for this young person to actually marry and to come into a formal relationship. Why? Because of the disaster that this person saw within their own household. right? So uh, w- one of the earliest things that we would learn in, in the life of Sayyidah Fatima is the relationship of her father and her mother as husband and wife, right? Because that's where it really starts from, right? If you want to know about children, you have to know about the parents of that child, right? You have to know how they brought up that child, and not only how they brought up that child, how they lived as spouses amongst each other, right? And oftentimes, uh, people who live in... uh, Or try to create a harmonious uh, relationship within themselves as husband and wife, they don't have to formally teach their children because their children just naturally learn from them. It's an automatic process, right? Children don't need to be told when they can see, right? And children are very, very quick in observing. They're extremely quick in observing and uh, children, one thing that they don't have is hypocrisy. What children don't have is hypocrisy. They're very, very pure-hearted, right? So, uh, in the life of Sayyida Fatima anha, what was very important was the life of her mother and her father, but as husband and wife also, right? And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he would praise. Sayyidah Khadijah radiyallahu anha, and he would very often praise his wife, very often, so much so that Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha said, he wouldn't come into the house or leave from the house except that he'd praise Khadijah, so much so that I said, Messenger of Allah, Allah has given you better, she was an old woman, Allah has given you a young lady, and the Prophet would become angry and he would say, la wallah, No, by Allah, Allah has never given me better than Khadija, she stood by me when people disappeared, she believed in me when people disbelieved in me, disowned me, people uh, uh, gave up on me, they abused me and insulted me, and Allah gave me children from Khadija whilst he did not give me children from anybody other than Khadija Right, uh, Sayyidina Aisha said after that, that's it. I didn't say anything about Sayyidina Khadija. So he would praise, he would praise his wife, and he would do it so much that everybody knew about the qualities of his noble wife, and that's something very important. Right, one of our teachers, uh, Sheikh Adib Kallas, rahmatullahi alayhi, uh, who is a great scholar of Islam, um, many of our teachers who studied with Sheikh Adib. Uh, decades before us because Sheikh Hadib taught for about 70 years and me and Sheikh Rizwan were from like the last of his students, right? Uh, so there were generations of students before us who studied with him. And amongst them were many of our teachers and one of them, Sheikh Ismail Zabibi, he said, When I studied with the Sheikh over 40 years ago, uh, the Sheikh would praise his wife in nearly every single lesson. Right. He would come to lesson and he would speak about his wife, about the piety of his wife, the, the generosity of his wife, the righteousness of his wife, uh, the loyalty of his wife. Um, Sheikh Adib, he was extremely poor. When I say extremely poor, it actually means he was very, very, very poor, right? And he said that I lived in literally, we, we literally had one room that we'd live in and that's it. And that was in a basement three floors down, right? And um, he said that when I would have students come to our house or to our room, my wife would sit bit, uh, under the stairs and listen to the lesson whilst I would deliver lessons all day long. Right? And he said, I never, had, uh, I, I never had any money to go and buy uh, meat. Right? We never bought meat in our house except that if somebody uh, gifted me some meat, I'll bring it, I would bring it home. And my wife wouldn't cook it. She wouldn't cook the meat; she would freeze it away, and she'd cook them, that meat on the day that her family members would come to the house to show to them that we're living fine. Right? She didn't want them to think that uh, Sheikh Adib is suffocating their daughter in poverty. This is the loyalty that he had, uh, she had with him. So. Sheikh Ismail Zabibi told us that the Sheikh would always praise nearly every single lesson he would come, he would praise his wife, right? Now that left a great impact on his students, but also on his own children, also on his own children, right? Um, so the Prophet SallAllahu he would uh, announce the merits of Sayyida Khadija Anha uh, and her qualities and her greatness to, to to make her a role model for others, but also to make his statements a role model for for the statements of others, of how spouses should not uh, should should uh, should should give each other their due right of of appraisal, right and uh, uh, encouragement and. Uh, um, um, Uh, And and show their love towards each other. Uh, uh, A companion came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Messenger of Allah, you know, such and such a person, SubhanAllah, my heart really loves this person. And the Prophet ﷺ said, have you told that person? And the man said, no. He said, go and tell him because that will increase in your love for him and his love for you. Right? Go and tell him that. So uh, the love that the Prophet ﷺ would express for Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha in the way he would praise her, the way he would speak about her to, to others. That was something that Sayyida Fatima and her sisters were first-hand witnessing inside of the house of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And these are very, very important components uh, of the life of the Prophet sallallahu Within the intimacy, within uh, the intimacy of his noble house, sallallahu that we have to take heed of, we have to take um, um, a lesson from, um, and we have to really understand that the Prophet's household is the household that we must uh, take as a role model. You know, in a very beautiful hadith, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu he said, "تركت فيكم." I'm leaving behind two things that if you cling on to them tightly, you'll never go astray. The Prophet ﷺ said, I'm leaving behind the book of Allah and my family, my household. Right? My household and my family. Now, why did he mention his family and not mention his companions in this hadith? He mentioned his family, but didn't mention his companions. The scholars have said that uh, without a doubt, companionship of the Prophet ﷺ is from, from the highest and the most virtuous of acts ever. No believing people or all believing people, if they uh, are, uh, come together collectively, they would never reach the rank of a single companion of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. But what the scholars have said is that Companionship of the Prophet was limited to his noble lifetime. Right? So those, so the definition of a companion is anybody who saw the Messenger of Allah uh, in his lifetime, even for a single moment, and then died upon the uh, state of Iman, is a companion of the Messenger of Allah. And once the Messenger of Allah left from this world, uh there was nobody else could take that rank of companionship that's it it came to an end whereas his blessed family was to continue his noble lineage was to continue and the lifestyle of the most intimate uh place in his life i.e his noble home was to continue after him so even after him people could see uh, the the character of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his children uh, in, in the generations to come after him of, of the Ahlul Bayt right? people could see that and this is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said I'm leaving the Book of Allah and my noble family i.e. within my noble family you will still, still see my traits you will still see my blood and flesh within them in their character, in their behavior, in their conduct <coughs> And that will be, in reality, a, re- a reflection of my life, right? So, um, understanding the house of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's parenting of his children is very, very important in understanding how this great woman Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha was molded and educated and nurtured uh, by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his noble wife Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi alameen For more information and to listen to more podcasts visit us at ark.score or check out the ark media app